Good morning, loved ones. I want to extend a special welcome to our guest this morning. Uh, you are here on a very special day uh, to us here at East Sunshine. And um, I want to point out at the bottom of page two in the bulletin, this is where you're going to kind of find the um, the, the, the flow of the morning. Uh, as you've seen, it's just a little bit different. I'm getting up here, and we're going to have some family news that's going to be at the end, because what we're going to do now is spend some time talking about the God who loves to feed us. And uh, when we do this, we're doing this on, on the day that we're calling Pack the Pantry. Can you tell that we're going to pack the pantry today? Isn't that beautiful? Look at that. That's great. That's so exciting to see this. And uh, this is going to be something that we get to do together at the end of our service today. So we're going to have some time in, in the Word of God. We're going to move into communion. And so for those uh, who normally are, are serving communion to your church family, we thank you for that. And I'll give you a, a time towards the end that you can go back and take your places uh, to be ready for the communion service, which will be at the end. We'll follow the communion service uh, with our offering, and then we'll have some, uh, some directions at the very end. Uh, Trent Lockhart, who is our ministry leader for the Christian Neighbor Ministry, is going to give us a few words, and uh, then we'll give some directions about how we're going to pack the pantry this morning. So, um, so much to look forward to. For our guests uh, who are with us, especially if you're from this area and you're looking for a church home, we'd like to invite you to, uh, to see the special note for you on the very front page. Uh, we pray that you will be blessed today in this time together and in this encounter. Uh, and a special word of welcome to our guests who are here visiting families. We, there's a lot of college students back and people from uh, coming in to, to see their families. And so we're thankful for all of you and for your presence here with us today. Okay, so what this means is we've got the, the children who would normally be dismissed for kids' community. The children are going to be with us today. So moms and dads, you have your kids with you, and uh, we're going to pack the pantry together in just a few minutes, and that'll be fun. But what I want you to do right now is uh, with this week being a, the, the first big meal time, perhaps, uh, the feasting, the celebration of this holiday season. We have Thanksgiving's late this year. Christmas is coming up. So as you're anticipating a meal with some family and some friends this week, I want you to just turn to somebody next to you and tell the, somebody next to you what you're really looking forward to eating this week. Maybe it's something that a, a grandparent or uh, somebody fixes that's so special, but what is it? that you are excited about eating this week. What are you ready to eat? All right. We all have something in mind or something that we're excited about. Our kids are excited, the grandkids are excited, you're still so excited, you're still talking. I mean, that's how excited we are. When we think about this season of feasting, 
of celebration. The reason that we feast is because from the very beginning of creation, we have a God who loves to feed us. I'm drawing that title today from a book that my friend Mark Moore, Mark and Marnie and their children were missionary teammates of ours when we lived in Uganda. And Mark, several years ago, started a comp- a, an organization called MANA. Um, and it is an organization that puts food packets together that would be distributed through UNICEF and other food organizations and relief organizations throughout the world. And these food packets with peanuts, ground peanuts, like a peanut butter paste, with dry milk and with enriched vitamins, these little packets then are distributed to the acutely malnourished children throughout the world. Uh, This was something that was stirred up in Mark's heart. He was uh, such a great man of compassion. He's still enacting that compassion today. But his book is called Nourish, and the subtitle is what I love, A God Who Loves to Feed Us. He truly is a God who loves to feed us. And back in Genesis chapter 1, God is generously feeding the man and the woman when he's created them. He says, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And and the feeding continues throughout the book of Genesis and, and it goes into the book of Exodus. By the time we reach the book of Exodus, the people of God that he's chosen, that he's worked through, especially Abraham and his descendants, have wound up in slavery in Egypt. And as he delivers them from slavery, from the Egyptians and from the, from the ruthless taskmasters, he, he puts together a plan of feeding and feasting and celebration. And as he releases them, they're eating the night before they leave a feast. They haven't seen yet the deliverance, but they're celebrating it anyway before they even see it. They're celebrating it, and they get into the desert, and it, and it seems like the, that even though they've been set free from slavery, now they're wandering around in the desert, and some of them begin to complain. Quite a few of them begin to complain. You know, when we were back in Egypt, forgetting the slavery that they'd been delivered from, we used to sit around pots of meat. They're remembering the good old days that really weren't even good. But that's what happens to us sometimes, but God hears their complaints, and he generously provides for them. He gives them quail for meat, and he gives them manna. It was bread that was from heaven. He tells them, I want you to take enough for your family, but don't take too much. Just enough for your family and enjoy it. And every day in the wilderness, they would go out, and here was the manna. Manna means simply, what is it? Because that was the first word that came out of their mouth. They saw the stuff on the ground. There it was on the ground. We tell people not to eat things off the ground unless it's been there for five seconds or less. But, but here it is. It's covered past the five-second rule, and they, they gather it up, and the children are eating, and the parents are eating, and they feast together. And God feeds the people. Everyone had just as much as they needed. And the bread, this manna, was from the Lord himself. But God's feeding of his people leads to feasting and to celebration throughout the whole Old Testament. 
He gives them the Passover, which goes with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. There's the Feast of the First Fruits. There's the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, as it's come, sometimes called. The Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Dedication, which came after the exile. All of these feasts that God's people continue to have together. They sit and they eat from the abundance of what God has provided. It wasn't just a little snack here and there, but great meals together around the table as family and as a community of faith. And the feasting and the feeding didn't end in the Old Testament. It continues with the ministry of Jesus. Jesus comes. And for those of us who have been studying the Gospel of Mark in our Bible classes over the last couple of months, we've been seeing Jesus in action. And one of the things that he does twice in the Gospel of Mark First, in Mark chapter 6, he feeds 5,000 plus people. And then in Mark chapter 8, he feeds 4,000 plus people. There's the wedding in Cana in John chapter 2. It's a feast. It's a celebration. They run out of the wine, and so he provides it abundantly, more than they need, and it's the best yet. This is the Christ who feeds people. He looks at the people in, those, in, the, in the wilderness, so to speak, with him as they listen to his words and he sees them and he sees that they're hungry and he feeds them. But this Christ who feeds people calls on his followers. He calls on the disciples then and he calls on his disciples now to join him in feeding other people. This God who loves to feed us loves to feed people through us. And so it brings us to our place today as the people of God, as the community of faith, as those who are well-fed, well-fed physically, well-fed spiritually, well-fed relationally. Those who are well-fed now are given the opportunity, the privilege, the gift of feeding others. In Matthew chapter 25, the famous parable of the sheep and the goats, Jesus tells the sheep that I want you to come in, be with me at my right hand. And he says to them, I was hungry. Jesus himself was hungry. And you gave me something to eat. And in Mark chapter 6, when he feeds the 5,000, what he does at the beginning of this, when he sees that the people are hungry. He says, it, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and they said, this is a remote place and it's already very late. Listen to this. Listen to what the disciples say. The disciples tell Jesus, send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. And then what we know is that Jesus performs the miracle. He provides. He has five loaves of bread and two fish. And he takes the five pieces of bread and he takes the two fish and he prays and he blesses it before God. And they begin to take this fish and this bread that is suddenly more than five and two. And he begin, they begin to pass it out. And they give it to the people to eat. Feeding others is a way for us to join the work of God. We join Him in His generosity by feeding other people. That's what we get to do today when we form our lines in just a little while to, to pack the pantry. We're participating in the work of God to feed people. 
But I want us to think about something else that's really important here. When we feed other people, when we give generously to other people, as we pack the pantry and in two weeks from today, as we give, as we offer to God to join him in his work through the global missions offering, feeding other people is an act of faith. It is a way for us to say we believe so much in the abundant provision that you give us that we are more than willing to share what you've given us with other people. Feeding others and giving to others is an act of faith in the abundant provision of God himself. So it's not just an act of service. Giving is an act of faith. It's an act of worship. In the story, in Mark chapter 6, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle that appears in all four of those Gospels in Jesus' ministry. And after it's over, do you remember what happens when Jesus feeds the people? What do the disciples do? He tells them to go and collect leftovers. Leftovers. You're going to have plenty of those this week. You'll be eating them for a week. The leftovers from your own meals. Well, leftovers begin with God. We can thank Him for the leftovers. There were plenty of leftovers. Twelve basketful of leftovers. Enough for each of the disciples to share with other people. But what we know is that this God who loves to feed us has fed us most especially through Jesus. He's fed us most especially through Jesus, who is the bread of life. Listen to this from John chapter 6. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This bread of life is sometimes what we think about when we come to the, to the communion table, when we come to the Lord's Supper. For many of you, you're thinking about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. For many of you, you're thinking about how it is Jesus. Everything about him, his ministry, his life that he lived, the way that he shows us how to live life, how to be human. And you're thinking about how your life depends on him. He's the one who sustains you. He is the one who gets you through the rugged week, through the difficult day. He's the one who, who is able to to give you nourishment in your soul when you feel depleted because of the, the rigors and the weightiness and the darkness of life. Jesus is the bread of life who keeps us fed. You've heard me say on other occasions that in the mornings when our children were at home and they were younger and we, we homeschooled, so I would get up early in the morning, I'd go have some coffee with somebody, I'd come home, fix breakfast, and they would sit at the bar, and I would stand on the other side of the bar, and I would read scripture, and we said, this is your soul food. You're eating your breakfast for your body, that's your body food, but the word of God, scripture, and God himself coming to us through Jesus, this is your soul food. This is what nourishes us on the inside. Jesus has always been that. Sometimes what we celebrate here at the table is uh, we call the Lord's Supper. Uh, we get it from the end of the Gospels when Jesus 
celebrates the Passover feast with his disciples. And they sit around the table, and he takes the bread, and he blesses it, he passes it around, he, he takes the wine and the cups, the different cups, especially in the Gospel of Luke, and he blesses the cups, and he passes those cups around, and they remember what God has done for them. But this whole idea is also called communion. We talked a little bit about this last week. Communion, this opportunity to be intimately involved with God. And Jesus has called us into this communion with him and we celebrate this relationship, this intimacy, this depth, this beauty when we come around the table. We also call it in some places the Eucharist, which is from a Greek word that sounds almost the same. It's transliterated that simply means give thanks. This is what we do at the table. We give thanks. So it's the Lord's Supper. It's communion with the Lord. And it's our opportunity to give thanks. Just as Jesus gave thanks at the table to the Father. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they will eat with me. In Genesis, God is feeding people. In Revelation, Jesus is coming and saying, you want to eat together? Let's spend some time together. Let me come in and eat with you. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 9, Jesus, the Lamb, it says that the angel said to John, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. We eat this, and according to Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, he says, whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes back. We are eating for the celebration of what God has done in the past. We're celebrating what he is doing right now in our present, and we celebrate what we know he has promised and will deliver in the future. We ate with him before, we eat with him today, and we will eat with him at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Does God love to party? Yes. Does he love to feed people? Yes. Does he love a good feast? Yes. He's the best cook there is. He's the best provider that we've ever had. And he wants to feast with us today. And he wants to move through us that we would feed other people. I would like to have our communion servers go ahead and take their places uh, in the back and get the trays ready. You have a few minutes because we're going to do something together. So as our communion servers go to the back, I would like to invite the rest of you to stand. Last night, uh, Becca and I had dinner with several younger families here, most of them in their 30s, but they needed chaperones, so they called us. That's what Eric A. Heron says. You're our chaperones, so they let us come. And we enjoyed an amazing meal together. And Jessica A. Heron had found a, a liturgy online, and we read it together at the table. Uh, the, the website is called everymomentholy, everymomentholy.com. Go to it, and there are free downloads there. There are some that cost money, but there are some free downloads I would encourage you to take one of those things, feasting with friends. Take it, 
print it and read it this week at your Thanksgiving tables. You will be blessed by this liturgy. I've taken parts of this, excerpts from the liturgy that we read together last night, and I've put it together for our purposes around the Lord's Supper table today. So what we're going to do is a responsive reading. We've got the reading. I will read a section, and that will be in white on the screen, and followed by a section in yellow, and that is your cue, and that we'll read that together. So anytime you see the words in yellow that say all, that's our part to read together. As we gather around this table, we remember Jesus the Christ. We remember the supper he ate with his disciples, the Passover that he proclaimed freedom and instilled hope. We remember the bread is his body and the drink is his blood. We remember his promise that he will drink from the cup with his disciples again someday. We celebrate his loving sacrifice on the cross, his triumphant resurrection from the dead, his majestic ascension to heaven, and his glorious future return. In celebrating this feast, we declare that evil and death, suffering and loss, sorrow and tears will not have the final word. So let the symbols of this feast today be joined to those sure victories secured by Christ. Bless us, O Lord, in this feast. Let it be to us now a delight and a glad foretaste of his eternal kingdom. Bless us, O Lord, in this feast. We graciously receive this bread, which is life to us, O Father. And we offer thanks and raise to you a hallelujah in the name of Jesus who makes it happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please be seated. I'll invite our servers to come.